0: Welcome back North Florida Wrestling fans. Welcome to our part two of our part, our three-part series of the Battle of the Belt between the Bay High Tornadoes and the South Walton Seahawks. Uh, today we have a very special guest on, someone that is now a colleague of mine in our efforts to build up North Florida Wrestling, but also a teammate of mine out of Swanee High School, Florida, the Bulldogs, coached by his father. Uh, David Laxton. I've had many a rounds of, with him in the wrestling room. Um, you know, Dad, what do you, you know this guy just as well as I do. You know, what is your impression of him?
1: Uh, well, first and foremost, uh, Travis comes from some of the best stock in Florida wrestling and the Laxton family. Of course, his dad is the patriarch of Swanee Wrestling, which you know he put on the map in a big way. Numerous state champions, respected statewide, Hall of Fame coach. Um, you know when Travis is just following in his dad's footsteps and um you know I as we tried to talk earlier I think we'd be remiss to and I'm sure Travis would agree um we'd be remiss to not mention Lee his older brother who was one hell of a wrestler as well had some tremendously heartbreaking losses at state tournament that I've sadly witnessed with my own two eyes so um although Travis is a four-time placer two-time all-american and and developing into a hell of a coach you know his brother was was quite the stud on the mat as well and and probably could have call here call there move here move there could have very easily been in the same um you know quote medal category that Travis is but uh back to your pointed question um and Travis has has taken the um the role of coach there at south walton and is is slowly but surely uh, creating i think a a preeminent program in that area and statewide and, and i i believe um i sat matt's side at the state tournament last year for travis's first state champion i was very proud of him and, and very happy to see all that work that he's put in uh pay off so again um without further ado i'm i'm glad that he's here thanks a lot, Travis.
2: Well, thank you, John. I uh, appreciate it. Uh, we uh, we're really excited to be here today and uh, promoting, you know, Northwest Border Wrestling. It's gonna be gonna be a good day. I'm uh, excited to get the season started.
0: I know it's right around the corner. Um... So, man, so, like, we got into a little bit with you. You know, I said I got – me and my dad have had a little bit of experience with you and your family. You know, we've known your dad since I started wrestling, really. He was at, like, the first tournament or two that I was at. Um, but I didn't really get to to be known of you and your brother till a little bit later, you know, when I got to high school. So, how did um, – you know, kind of like Zach was saying, you know, the other day, you know, do you feel like you never really had a choice with wrestling? Or, you know, what's your earliest memories of growing into – you know, such a, uh, you know, like my dad was saying a pedigree of a wrestling family and going into, to Swanee High.
2: (laughs) So it's, it's actually funny that you say that we were given a choice. Um, a lot of people like to say, oh, you know, it was, it was bred into you and it kind of was. Um, but the funny thing is, is, and I'll tell this story. Uh, I think I was maybe, uh, eight years old and, uh, you know, I was like, you know what, dad, I'm, I'm not going to wrestle this year. I think I'll, uh, I think I'll play soccer. And, uh, I, I think I played like three games of soccer in the, in the little league soccer. And, um, and I was like, you know what, this, this sucks, this running up and down this field and everybody's kicking my shin. I'm, I'm not a fan. So, uh, I asked him and, and I was like, you know what, dad, like, I hate soccer. He's like, well, you're in it now. You're going to stick it out. So we played the season And I didn't wrestle that year uh, during the winter season and only wrestled during the summer season. And I never, never went back. Uh, You know, I never looked back and i have always passion for wrestling. You know, my brother started at three and uh, he and I are two years apart. And uh, so by the time that I was old enough to understand it, uh, I wanted to be like my brother. And it's funny that John had. Had said something about Lee's pedigree. You know, he was a two-time state runner-up, one-time uh, third placer, and had some heartbreaks in in the state tournament. But I've always uh, tried to emulate my wrestling style and my my wrestling pedigree after my own brother. You know, much like younger brothers try to do. It's just uh, I was I was fortunate enough to grow up with not one but two role models that I could emulate myself in the wrestling aspect and that 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 uh was extremely beneficial in my own wrestling lifestyle
0: you so to speak well then so when so uh, that was like your your experience of the youth um you know when you got to high school um you know you just seemed like you had such a uh, I think as, like, you know, Zach was talking about yesterday, we are talking about a couple of guys, like, you already had that kind of expectation of yourself of, um, you know, you're going to be a four-timer, you're going to be, like, the new record holder of, uh, of Swanee, you know, because we did have Billy Saylor, who was, you know, quite a, a, a tall task for us to measure up to and try to aim for, um, you know, how did that play a part into your mindset as a um, as a early high school wrestler and, you know, on going into college?
2: So, you know, Billy was a a phenomenal person, not just on the mat, but off the mat as well. Like, uh, probably one of the best people I'd ever had the, the the good fortune to meet and just be a part of his life. You know, um, Billy made everyone better around him. Everyone that was around him was, he made them better. And it was, it was interesting because even after Billy passed, um, you know, I think it was his freshman or sophomore year in college. Even after he passed, he continued to make me better. So I grew up watching him wrestle and watching him set all of these Swanny High records. And it's it's interesting to see because because I wanted to beat those records. I grew up trying to beat the best guy there. And I think that the biggest takeaway from that I learned was is that you have to set the bar high if you are aiming for a national championship and you fall short of at a national runner up, you have still comp, you know, accomplished something that you've never done before. And I think for me uh, watching Billy wrestle and, and growing up watching Billy wrestle and just, um, you know, trying to, trying to compare myself to him, not only as a wrestler, but as a person, I got better. So when I hit high school, You know, as a freshman, my goal was to beat Billy's records, beat them all. By the time that I was a senior, I wanted to be a four time state champ. I wanted to have the takedown record. I wanted to have the pin record. I wanted to have the, you know, the everyone that he set, I wanted to take them all. And it wasn't because I didn't want him to have them, it was because I wanted to show everyone the kind of person that Billy was able to instill in me and to, to, to kind of put that in perspective a little bit uh, you know, Billy set these records. I think he had 90, 91 rec 91 record uh, career pins. Um, Billy uh, you know, never had the takedown record that was held by Timmy Morgan at 112 takedowns in a season You know, uh, I wanted that that record. Uh, Billy was the only three-time state champ that Swanee has ever had. Uh, I wanted that record. And so, you know, just being around those guys and having all of the alumni, which still come around today, and they get together and watch the NCAAs together.
0: I mean, I think that's incredibly important of what you're saying as far as, you know, so for me, like, I was always I always had that like, oh, you know, I always had that to like a smaller level of people to put as like, OK, you know, he can do it. That's what I'm going to go for. And, you know, what Zach and I was talking about in Bay County for the longest time, it was just, you know, county champion. That's your thing. So I would find people that are like, OK, he won county. So he's like what I got to measure up to. And I was constantly having to like reevaluate. Uh, those goals as whereas i you know it would be nice to be in a program where me be made aware more aware of it you know up in northwest florida it wasn't as big of a deal um or maybe i just didn't have the understanding of it but you know having those goals having those billy sailors um to to measure up against and like you said like you know have your have your kids be like see that person if he can do it you know so can you and work up to it and like you were saying if you have you know, if your goal is super high and you fall a little bit short, you're still closer to that goal than if you had under, you know, undervalued yourself. I told one of my kids this year over at high school, you know, he even told me, he's like, you know, that changed my mindset because we were talking and he's like, well, I'd like to get to state. I'm like, all right, you're saying that's your goal. I'm like, can you think of any reason why you shouldn't place at state? Like, and he goes, no. And then I'm like, why not make that your goal? Why not make it your goal to be a state champion and then fall a little short and be a placer? You fall a little bit short of being a state qualifier, your season ends early. So, you know, I think that's an incredible point on on your part um, of, of having Billy Saylor there.
2: Absolutely, and we call that failing forward. So, in my in my room uh, at South Walton, we call it failing forward. If I have my first year not qualified as a freshman to the state tournament, and my goal is always always the very very top. So, again, we're setting the bar high. And my goal is always, hey, we want to be a state champion. But if I fail at that, I want to fail forward. So much like, you know, as you come in a high school freshman and you make that first grade point average, that GPA, you know, the, the freshman year is, is extremely important because that's where you set your base. So as a freshman, if I come in and I place third at the state tournament, then the next year, I if I fail, I must fail forward. So I need to be either right there at third place again or at second place failing forward and at first place achieving my goal. So failing forward is a big aspect of the culture that we're trying to build here at South Walton in particular.
1: Yeah, those are uh, great points, Travis. And um, I want to shift gears here a little bit. I mean, as as we've stated, and anybody that is even semi-remotely familiar with um Florida wrestling is obviously aware of your father and your father's success and and the person that he is. Two-part question here. Um, one, do you find it challenging as uh, now a coach kind of living in your dad's enormous shadow and the success that he's had at Swanee? And two, do you find yourself um, – replicating much of the styles and the the coaching uh, points and techniques and, and training styles that that he did or are you trying to maybe form your own identity your own style
2: that's a great question john and um honestly you can see a lot of influences from my dad's uh coaching style in my coaching style now I will say that, uh, you know, a lot of people think that wrestling has evolved. It hasn't, um, in my opinion. Uh, I think that wrestling cycles. So a lot of times you will see, you know, and and, and it's funny that I say that because wrestling, you always wrestle in a circle, you know, you're circling left, circling right, setting up these, these advantage points. But I think wrestling comes full circle as well. I think that um, in those aspects, you know, this move, you know, people have started to counter this move. So people quit using it. And then when people quit using it, the counter fades away and then it comes back in, in a year or two, it's almost like uh retro clothing. You know what I mean? Um, a lot of times it cycles and you have to figure out as a, as a coach and as a, as a, as a competitor, you know, where that cycle is at that point in time to become successful. And it's, it's, it's a super interesting concept. Um, however, you know, I can say that, that my father has always been extremely good at finding out where that cycle ends and begins and where it was last year and where it is now to make sure that, uh, he's, he's always three moves ahead. You know, wrestling is a, is a chess game for us. It always has been a chess game for us and, um, it's, it's important, but, um, to answer your, your, the second part of your question, um, my father does cast a big shadow. But instead of shrinking to the challenge, I like to rise to that challenge. I think it's important to understand that that greatness is there to either emulate or be defeated. Um, there has never been a civilization that hasn't been conquered yet. You know? uh, it's, it's important to understand that dynasties do fall. And that new ones rise every day. So I think in my own opinion, and Zach and I have had this conversation that to, quote unquote, catch the record, you know, you've got to do some pretty big things. And um, instead of shrinking from that challenge, I welcome it. I think it's important to have that challenge there to look at the success and say, hey, I think I'm going to beat that. I think I'm going to do that. If I stick with it, I think I can do that. I think I can do better. And you know, it's, it's funny because you know, my father and I have had that conversation and he thinks the same thing. Well, don't you always want better for your kids than you do for yourself? I want you to beat it. You should beat it. But I set the bar high again I set it very high. So whenever you're ready, you're going to have to really put in the work. And that's part of the commitment aspect of that.
0: You uh, you do the whistle or did you, does your dad got that trademarked? Oh, no,
2: I got the whistle.
0: <laughs> oh, man. I swear I could be at a tournament today and I'll hear that from across the room and I'll be like, excuse
2: me. Oh, absolutely. All well, right. uh, the next time I see you at a tournament, I'll just whistle from across the gym and We'll let
0: the you- man, dude, my head, I'll, dude, man, don't do that. I'll get like whiplash or something.
2: <laughs>
0: no, but yeah, it was, it was, I loved wrestling for your dad. He definitely brought out the best in me and, uh, in, in a lot of ways, you know, definitely appreciated to be, you know, in his, in his, you know, in his presence and just learn from him. You know, it was nice to, cause I, like we, like I said, we knew your dad for a while. And your dad was actually the first person to like, you know, look at me. My dad can talk about this. We're at that Lake city tournament. And, you know, he told my dad after like my seventh or eighth grade year, because my dad was repping, so he couldn't be my corner. My dad just randomly asked him because we met him at like uh, your dad at like a random tournament in Valdosta once. And my dad's like, can you sit in this corner? And he's like, yeah, sure. And your dad called, he called, it. he's like, yeah, hey, he's going to be a state champion one day. And it was the first person ever told me that, <laughs> and like, you know, I'm like, all right, cool. That's a possibility. So I'm just going to work toward that, you know, having people put that in your mind, you know, just like you're talking with your kids, like, you might as well just, you know be a state champion. You know why not? You're in here putting the work, and if it doesn't work out, we'll deal with it later. But you're going to be a hell of a lot closer than you would have been if you just came in here and said, "I'm just doing this to do it." Go ahead. I
2: completely agree. Um, it, you know, and that's part of. Uh, you know, my biggest thing is is you have to build the culture to build a program. You know, the kids have to know your expectations and and the kids have to know that they can reach those goals that they set for themselves. So the first week of this season is nothing but a goal-setting opportunity for you. Hey, man, where do you want to be at the end of the season? And, you know, um, I'm going to give a little shout-out to Clay Allen. I think that he does a really – in particular, I think he does a phenomenal job of getting his kids to set goals. And uh, Clay, for those of you guys don't, you may know him, you may not. Coach is the head coach at Florida High. Um, and I've told Clay this face to face, like, man, like you give a great pre-tournament speech, like a great pre-tournament speech. And um, I, I'm always a student of the game, so I did. I picked this up from Clay, and I give him a, I give him all the credit for it. But it is about the journey that you're setting. Um, for yourself those kids have to set that journey to achieve those goals and it's about who you're becoming at the end of that journey what kind of man do you want to be you know what I mean and um, I particularly enjoy that aspect and I've, I've incorporated it into my coaching style because I think it's important I think it's important to build that kind of character in kids um but I say that to say this, you know, that's the culture that you have to build. You have to be able to build a winning culture. Set the bar high. If you don't if you don't meet your goal and you failed, make sure you fail forward. And then recognize that there's a journey and who are you going to be at the end of that journey? Are you are you going to be a champion in in the sport of wrestling and in life or are you going to quit, give it up, you know, just be a participant, someone on the sidelines, an honorable mention. That's not that's not the kind of culture that we're trying to build in especially in today's you know uh uh world.
1: Yeah, Travis those are great points, man and um we appreciate you giving a shout out to Clay. I don't know if you've tuned in any of our episodes but Clay was a fantastic guest <clears throat> that we had on and it was a very emotional episode because he dis- he discussed Cam Brown and the circumstances surrounding his untimely and unfortunate passing and then uh memorializing him um by naming the tournament after him. So appreciate that. And I'm a big fan of Clay too and I always have been. But um let's shift gears again a little bit. Um kind of get to the meat of the matter. I was not familiar with the duel that South Walton and and Bay High had formed. And I'll again I I don't want to steal your thunder or Zach's thunder. So um, tell the listeners out there a little bit about what that's about and then uh could you then uh discuss what this year's um very tough Border Wars tournament is gonna look like.
2: Absolutely. So um the Battle of the Belt is something that Zach Deaton and I came up with that um you know when, when programs are struggling they need somebody to compete with. When kids struggle, they need someone to compete with. If I can make myself better by challenging myself against an opponent and then he beats me, then my goal is to beat him the next time. And that's kind of where the concept of the battle of the belt came from. When I first started at South Walton five years ago, um, we had eight kids. Now, granted, I'd had some of those kids since they were in, you know, before they were even hitting middle school. And uh, some of those kids were really good, but the ones that I recruited out of the high school had never seen a wrestling mat before. And by the time that those kids were seniors, you know, they were on the verge of, of either going to the state tournament, placing at the state tournament, you know, uh, were competitors winning 80% of their matches. You know, that's that's the kind of culture that we were trying to build. And so when I got with Zach, I met him my, uh, my, my second year as an assistant at South Walton. And it was actually I I think the first time I met him was at the district duels, and he'll be able to correct me if I'm wrong. And and his younger brother had split his eye open, and it just so happened that I had some super glue and some Vaseline, and we super glued his eye shut, put some Vaseline over the top
0: of it. Dude, you you are a lax, and oh my god,
2: <laughs> we did. You know, like, I've always been a oh, believer man.
0: of. Uh, I'm gonna for I'm gonna for uh, this episode I'm forwarding to Levi. <laughs>
2: I was, I was really excited to see, you know, I was just sitting on the sideline. We weren't even in the duel. I want to say that the Bay high was wrestling, um, Mariana or someone. Um, I think it was Mariana and, uh, Aaron Curry, uh, you know, Zach's younger brother was, was there and he was, he was wrestling, uh, maybe 132 pounds or 138 pounds and, and got in there and, and just split his eye wide open, right above his eyebrow. And, uh, everybody's like, Oh, we need to throw in the towel. And I walked over and I said, Hey, listen, you know, I'm not in any, any of your business and you guys can do what you want to, but I have some, some super glue in my backpack and a face mask. And I said, uh, I can super glue his eye. We'll put some Vaseline on it. We'll tape him up, put the face mask on and he can win this match, man. And I said, I said he's wrestling tough, you know, he can win his match and and he said and and Zach looked at me and he said, Absolutely, let's do it. And so I super glued his eye and (laughs) you know, we we kinda went on and and ever since then we've we've been friends and we're trying to grow the sport in in our area and, and to do that you have to have exposure. And to get that exposure, we came up with the Battle of the Belt. You know, it's an in-home duel at Bay High this year. It was at Bay High last year. We're working on getting an an in-school duel at South Walton in the near future. I think that that's going to really propel both programs um, in terms of recruitment uh, in those those hallways and in terms of, you know, just getting that exposure out to kids and, and showing them a little bit about wrestling. And. You know, it's not all, it's not, it's not all tights and tutus. You know what I mean? These, these kids are out here grinding and beating the tar out of each other. And I think that's important uh, to, to let them see that firsthand and then go, Hey man, I think I can do that. A lot of kids go, you know, it looks, it doesn't look that hard. They don't know the backstory, but you know, that's, that's kind of the, that's kind of the way you draw them in. And I've always said this, you have to be a little weird to be a wrestler. You gotta be a little crazy. So maybe, maybe this helps out. And the, the second aspect of that would be to create a rivalry that we can be proud of. So up until this year, Walton County ha- has only had one wrestling team out of four high schools. And it was always at South Walton this year, you know, we've added Freeport and um, myself and a few others uh, have, have really been pushing to get a program over there at Freeport along, you know, along with Kerry Nick and uh, Sean Arns is the athletic director there. And we finally got it added. And he's been a he's been a he's been a dream to work with. And, and I, you know, we've been trying to put together all kinds of stuff. So it was it was good. It was all a, a good deal. But up until this year, we'd had no one in our own county to compete with. You know, Bay has the county championships. And so, you know, everybody competes with everybody. But now in this aspect for the battle of the belt, we have somebody to compete with We're we're, you know, iron sharpening iron. If they can make us better, we can make them better and vice versa. So that's kind of the concept of the battle of the belt, you know, to get to get kids exposed, to be able to recruit and to to make sure that to make sure that, you know, we're sharpening each other. These kids are going to get better by wrestling each other. There's no doubt about it.
0: So I'm excited. I'm excited to, to cover that with you and Zach and talk about the matchups. You know, it just seems like one of those fun things that, like you said, it's going to get people into it. You know, it gives, you know, because your kids are going to get a reason to wrestle each other and get a different passion behind it. And the fact that it's in school, you know, that's going to come across to the student body. Um, Man, so I've actually been always curious. I don't think I've actually got a chance to ask you. How did you come to South Walton? You know, like you know, being from Swanee and then you going off to college. You know, you could have landed anywhere, but you know, how did how did South Walton be? You know, end up being um, you know, home for you.
2: Oh man, uh, that's a long story, but you know, I I think I can shorten it up a little bit. Uh, a fellow by the name of Darren Dunwald, who was an assistant coach, um at South Walton at the time and uh, had two kids wrestle one at Niceville and one finished up at South Walton. I believe uh, Dan and Justin Dunwald, he, we became really good friends while I was in high school and wrestling in high school. And when I went off to college my freshman year, and I was uh, redshirting, he, he called me right around Christmas time. And he says, Hey, listen, I got this guy. His name is Chris Pickren. He, uh, He he, he's got these three boys and they want to wrestle, but they're looking for somebody to come train them. He's like, I can't really do it because of my job. He's like, I can get them during the season, but in the summers, like, can you can you come down? He's like, uh, he'll hook you up with a job and and give you a place to rent and this that and the third. And I was like, (laughs) you know, in my mind, I'm thinking, oh wow, you know, I can go to you know somewhere around Panama City Beach and live on the beach and work, and all I got to do is coach wrestling. I'm 20 years old. I think I'll go coach some wrestling at the beach and, you know, kind of look at these bikinis a little bit. So I gave the guy a call and uh, it kind of worked out and I showed up at his house and his, you know, his kids out front, his youngest kid, Ethan Pickering, who now wrestles at Arizona State University. um, We were able to send him over there after he graduated from South Walton, I think in 19, but uh, he meets me out there and he's got no shirt on. He's in this bright yellow bathing suit and he's got purple hair. And I'm like, oh my God, what did I get myself into? But these kids, they, they love the sport and they, you know, I was able to connect with them and, you know, I've, I fell in love with the area. And I, you know, after that summer, I, I went back home and I spent like maybe four days at home at my parents' house in Swanee and I, I told my mom, I said, Hey, listen, like, I love that place. I think, uh, I think it's going to be a great opportunity. Like I'm going to live there one day. I said, I I will live there one day. And so I went back to college and I, I finished up my four years at Newberry, um, went to get my master's at, uh, at Coker university. It was Coker college at the time. And uh, wound up qualifying for the NCAA tournament in 2015 and and wrestled there, lost in the blood round. And, you know, I wanted something more. I wanted to stay a part of the sport. And so I started, I I was a grad assistant for about six months to a year, something like that. And then got a job doing brokerage stuff. And I was like, man, I got to get back to the sport. And so I made a phone call to Chris and Chris reached out. Um, wound up at Niceville actually for my first year where my first state champ, um, was. So I actually had a state champion at Niceville in 2017 by the name of Jack Johnson and, um, and, uh, uh, you know, coached them for, for a year. He was a kid who had qualified twice and never placed. And we wrestled every day before practice, after practice, during practice, and uh, with, with Paul Hartsog's kids, you know, Zach Hartsog, who wound up being a fourth placer uh, for 2A, you know, and, and I just, like, again, fell in love with the area. Uh, but, you know, the teaching aspect didn't work out at Niceville. So turned around, got a job at uh, in Walton County at uh, Emerald Coast Middle, started helping with their program as an assistant. Two years later, they made me their he- he- head coach. The rest is history. It's, uh, it's been a journey, you know. It's been a real journey, but uh, I can say that the the sport has helped me grow as a person, and I think that any wrestler could say that.
0: See, I didn't know that you had it, that Tom Tom uh, Beerley over at Niceville, because you know I'm over there helping out. Um, with the club scene now, I was helping out with their high school and Tom had been telling me about Jack and I didn't know too much about him. I didn't know that you were over there. I, people had just been telling me that you had you'd spent some time over in Niceville. So if you ever get over this way, you need to check out the Niceville Wrestling Academy's new facility. It's pretty fantastic. You know, uh, uh, Travis Laxton Clinic sounds pretty cool <laughs> over there. You know, it's got a nice, it's got a nice ring
2: to it. Hey man, I don't know if I'm that cool, but uh, I, I I mean, I think I could help with some wrestling. <laughs>
0: Well, I mean, dude, it's, I mean, honestly, it's like, that's what it, that's what it is though. It's, you know, the, all this, you know, having these high level guys around, you know, having these high level people around and like having these people being able to, especially like you and I were able to like start wrestling around with people. Wrestle. Someone had mentioned like, you know, I'm still able to get on the mat, um, you know, and, and now that I'm coaching little kids, I'm realizing how much better I need to get at learning how to explain the moves. And you know, put it down in a way that they understand, instead of relying as you know, as Zach and I was talking about last time. Like, I'm getting too over reliant of just like grabbing them and being able to show them. And like some someone like like your dad, you know, for instance, he was very good at you know just explaining it and breaking it down. It's like, hey, this is how it's done. Do it this way. You know, it's it's definitely a skill.
1: Travis gave such a great and detailed explanation on um, the Battle of the Belt and and why that came about and it's a, i think it's a great it's a great concept and um i think that both programs as as zach kind of alluded to on our last episode are you know both programs are going to benefit from it it's a friendly healthy uh rivalry but both coaches are very serious about what you know what they're doing And, um, you know, they're both going to go into it to win and, and, um, and that's a good thing. But I did want Travis to speak on, um, the border wars tournament and what that's looking like and, um, who some of the, the prominent teams uh, are going to be, that are going to be attending. Well,
2: man, the, uh, the border wars tournament is, is huge. You know, I would, uh, I would, I would go so far as to say it is one of the premier tournaments uh, the first week of December, uh, the first week of the season, you know, uh, th- throughout the state. It's, it's tough. And, uh, you know, I say that and then, you know, I, I get all of these other tournaments that come to mind and, and all of these competitors that are within the state, but we bring in a lot of out of state teams. Um, you got to take a look at Holy Cross. Holy Cross has, you um, has won our tournament. Oh shoot. I want to say maybe three times, Uh, but they, you know, they've got state championships galore in Louisiana. And then you have Jesuit from Louisiana and, um, and uh, St. Paul's from Louisiana, all with multiple state titles. Um, This year coming back, we have Woodward Academy who just sent, uh, you know, I think, uh, Oh, maybe nine kids. D one. Um, and won a, a Georgia state championship. You know, we've got teams that are coming across the state like Fernandina beach and teams like uh, Swanee and Wakulla that are there every year who are always, always tough competitors. You know um, it's, it's going to be, it's going to be really tough uh, last year who is also coming back this year. Vestavia Hills. They won our tournament last year and I was amazed uh, Montorius Adams, uh, he, he, he does a great job with that program. I want to say that, uh, he called me last year and they were bringing a full lineup. And I said, uh, I said, okay, you know, do you have any extras that you really want to get in? I said, we take them by, by caliber. You know, we want this tournament to be really tough, really strong. We want it to be a meat grinder. And he says, well, yeah, he's like, actually, He's like, I'd like this weight, this weight, and this weight, and it just so happened that one of them was a fourth placer, and the other two were state champ and state runner-up who had been beaten by freshmen coming in, and so he had these these state champs and these state runner-ups and these state placers that were riding the pine wrestling JV, and I'm like, oh my God, like, that's, yeah, bring them, you know what I mean? Um we got slowed down a little bit by COVID, but uh, that's the type of tournament that we're wanting to run. I um, I can't I can't take any credit for the formation of Border Wars. That that was uh, dreamed up by my good friend Chris Pickren um, and and Kerry Nick, who was the head coach before I got there, and uh, Darren and and those guys, Scott Simpson, who is one of the founders of the program. Um, they came up with it, you know, as a, as a, as a means of getting in these good teams and seeing good competition without having to travel as well as making money for our program. Um, but when I came in and I took it over, you know, uh, under the tutelage of those guys, um, we were able to like tweak some things, make it a little bit better, keeping the same connections that we had with the teams and, uh, and, and just, you know, really trying to advance, that tournament, we want it to be as, as good as possible. I think the best it had ever been was in 2019, right before, you know, the, all the COVID stuff happened. Um, I want to say, and we took the numbers down. We had 48 state medalists, 17 individual state champions and 12 kids that were nationally ranked that wrestled in that tournament. And when I tell you it was tough, it was very tough. I want to say that South Walton has only had maybe four, four kids that wrestled on our team that have won that tournament. It's it's a tough tournament, you know. Um, you're looking at those those aspects here, trying to trying to trying to just find really good competition for yourself and and build something that your program can be proud of.
1: Yeah, uh, Travis, that's. You know, I remember that that nineteen tournament. I was there I officiated that. That was a that was a meat grinder tournament and uh it certainly certainly held a lot of great uh competitors and competition. But just like you said, you know, even the the um the local teams that come over, the, the you know, the Swannies and the Wakullas and you know, I don't I don't like you said, you mentioned a couple of the Georgia teams, the Alabama teams. I mean those those all contribute to you know, making that what I consider the preeminent tournament to start the season. So um, good job there on keeping it going. And we're going to go ahead and um, start to wrap this up and then, and then get to having you and Zach on uh, the subsequent episode. So, look, man, you've been around a long time. I mean, a long time. You were born into the sport and, you know, you've had tremendous success as a competitor, both in high school and well, the youth level, high school level, college level, and now coaching. Uh, so before we wrap it up, and I, I, this is a tough question. I know it's a tough question, so you may need to think on it. Um, in, in your experience, uh, particularly in the high school um, division, who would you say is your favorite wrestling official? I mean, I know you have to think on it a little bit, but um, who, who would you say is your favorite wrestling official?
2: oh man you know this is extremely extremely tough question uh, because all of you are just so terrible no I'm just kidding <laughs> but um, if I had to if I had to say uh, um, you know growing up as c- coaching and and uh, as far as as competing, I think I'm, I'm. I might be stuck between two. I would say maybe uh, Mike Nethercliff or George Soros. I like those guys. George uh, actually refereed my very last match at the state tournament, and I was uh, extremely thankful. He's. I got him in a picture somewhere. I think of my finals, my state finals match, and um, we. We, I've always been really close with those guys, and uh, but. The, I, I I enjoy it not that you're not good John <laughs> but i do i do uh i have spent a lot of time with those guys um and uh i enjoy i enjoy uh being around them a lot
1: no man i no no offense taken whatsoever especially uh, the two officials that you mentioned who are dear friends of mine I've known them for a long long time um george George and I are more contemporaries and kind of came in at the same time, you know, Mike is, you know, as as far as the officiating goes, I mean, he's a, he's a, a legend really. And I learned a tremendous amount, uh, from him, not just in the mechanics and the positioning aspect of officiating, but the mental part of it, you know, the temperament and, you know, the way you should deal with the competitors and you deal with the coaches. And so, uh, yeah, I don't mind, I don't, I don't mind falling, you know, below those guys because those guys are great. And as you stated, you know, they're they're state level officials and and have always done a good job and and uh, so I don't have a problem with that whatsoever. But we're going to go ahead and wrap this one up. And Travis, we appreciate you spending your time with us and giving us some insight on, um, you know, your competitive career and your coaching career and 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 your philosophies and theories and and your plans and goals for the future of your program. And, and I know I can speak for Jordan as we wrap it up that, um, you know, you're certainly an asset and an ambassador for our sport. And we wish you all the luck in the world on your future success over there. Again, thank you very much for being on.
2: Yes, sir. Thank you for having me on.
0: We'd like to thank Coach Travis Laxton of the South Walton Seahawks for joining us in the studio today. Make sure you join us next episode when we have Bay High's Coach Zach Deaton and Travis back on the show to talk Battle of the Belt weight-by-weight breakdown of the in-school duel going down at Bay High School. It's going to be a great time. Make sure you tune in.